Morning, everybody. I'm uh, sitting here at what we call the Secret Beach. For those of us who live in Lakeside, here on the east end of Duluth, about five or six feet away from Lake Superior. There isn't much of a breeze. It's like 36 degrees. And I'm surprised the lake is in such a hurry. The, the waves aren't like large or anything, but they just, they're coming in rapidly. I don't know why. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be a little more of a gentle sound. So we'll see how this goes. But it's beautiful down here. I'm kind of looking east towards the sunrise, recording this on November 9th, right before releasing this episode. Really beautiful down here. The way I'm facing, you wouldn't know that I'm in a city. It just looks like a wild, rugged, classic Lake Superior shoreline. The sun's just about to pop up came down here because, well, for a few reasons. My father-in-law mentioned yesterday that how beautiful the sunrise was, and I was kind of kicking myself. I had missed it. My head was down doing a harvest, which I delivered to uh, the co-op yesterday. Just a little, just keep them topped up, make sure everybody's got what they need. So I didn't want to miss today's. It's just the tiniest little bright pink glow beneath the clouds right now. So I don't think it'll be as impressive today, but it's a gorgeous morning, so I'm really glad I got out here. The other reason is, is uh, I, you know, I'm committed to releasing these episodes every week, and I've been kind of delightfully busy these last several days. We had this window of, of warm weather this weekend and even yesterday and then today it'll hit like 50 anyway I've been able to paint this edition this grow room edition and it's all done now and I just can't tell you how satisfying it is to to see it all painted the windows are in it's I mean it's uh, really classes up the place it's it's really nice it's gonna really change my life but that's um, that's another story. It's not why I'm here today. <laughs> I, uh, I've been wanting to respond to um, Brand my friend Brandon's question. Uh, once again, I'd love to answer read, uh, listener questions or reader questions from time to time. And I just kind of sat with this question since the first episode. And I, I didn't get to spend much, any really, any time just doing like real preparation, which is a you know a bummer, but not really. It's okay to just sort of sit with things for a while, and get some clarity. So here's his question. So this was after my conversation with Leif Anger. I just had casually mentioned that men aren't readers by and large. And so a couple weeks ago, Brandon replies to me or sends me a text. He says, the most interesting thing in the pod was about men not reading. 
I would like to hear a separate pod on that alone and the consequences this has, gathering info, imagination, etc. And if women do this, how does this impact our evolution as a species? Oh my gosh, that is like, just a, this is me here. Like, that is a deep question. I hadn't even, I mean, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, the question alone just shares like, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a bigger deal than, than I had even really considered, frankly. Okay, back to his comments. He says, when you guys talked about it, I immediately felt shame. Yep, crap. I don't make reading a regular practice, but it inspired me to do so. And then he, there's this picture of a book his friend told him he should read called Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. And he says, this big pig sits at my pseudo cube and laughs at me every day. He doesn't really work in a cubicle. I don't know why he said it. It's sort of a pseudo, I understand. It stares at me with a greasy mustache and a devilish grin. I've attempted it three times and have never even made it halfway. It's my white whale. My friend Brian turned me on to it. He has read it five or six times. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> okay, well, well, first of all, my, my thought was maybe you're reading the wrong book, at least for this part of this time in your life. Just a thought. And why do you have to start over again? Why are you so, like, stubborn? <laughs> you know, like, why can't you just pick it up every once in a while and read five pages? Um, but I'm going to rewind just a little bit. Just to, uh, there's, there's something I'd like to just share about Brandon. So, he's an old college buddy. And for the longest time, that's all I was, was an old college buddy. And last year, out of the blue... I call I uh, call him or oh yeah that's right we we had started writing letters for some reason after like a ten year no contact practically and the the letters were great um, so we had established a little bit of a connection anyway I I uh, contact him and I ask him could uh, oh and then also just to preface what I'm going to say. There were also some periods, long periods, where, like, I'd send him a text and he wouldn't reply <laughs> for, like, a year, and then he'd reply. Um, but anyway, last year, out of the blue, I had to deliver some artwork of Shauna's down to uh, Gallery 360 in Minneapolis. So, you know, it's like a six-hour round-trip drive just to drop off, I think it was five or ten paintings, and collect the ones they were wanting to return that hadn't sold. And that's a lot of driving just to do that. So I um, I wanted to to reconnect with my friend again. So I said, hey, oh, and this is on election night, okay, 2020 election night, uh, during COVID. I says I says to the guy, can I? I have to do this art delivery thing. Can I show up at your house at supper? Will you feed me? And can I camp in your backyard and then leave in the morning? <laughs> and we can visit around a campfire all night, you know. And they said, sure. Um, and they made my accommodations uh, quite a bit more cushy. They, he's got a, like a little uh, kind of a large shed that he con had converted to a cabin. So I slept in there on a 
just my little sleeping pad on the floor in a sleeping bag, and it was warm. It was a fireplace, fire stove, wood stove. Jeez, <laughs> you'd think I was from Florida. What they're called the wood stoves up here. Um, yeah, and it was a great night. We we uh, you know they made hamburgers. I got to visit with his kids and wife, and then he and I sat around the campfire till like midnight on election night, which was great because like I had like no angst about the election like i i was just going about life and so instead of just sitting there in front of the television it wasn't a possibility you know watching election returns we were around the campfire just catching up and he brews uh beer and we you know i got to enjoy a couple of those i mean he's really like really good at it like he has them in like a kegerator I mean, it's they're unbelievable, actually. Um, he he also like he also keeps bees. I mean, a really interesting guy. And what was crazy, like driving in there, at first, like I drive. He's on the outskirts of the Twin Cities, on the north end, somewhere, one of those suburbs. And it's like this boring housing development. I remember thinking, I was disappointed in the guy. You know, I'm driving in. It's this dumb, windy road. You know, named after, you know, whatever used to be there, trees or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just these boring houses and I'm like oh my gosh why would you want to live here and then you get to his house and it's sort of towards the end and there's this gigantic tree out front and he's got this crazy yard that goes all the way back to a slough and he and he does all these crazy things like like raise 50 meat chickens at a time uh, they've got a whole bunch of laying hens I don't know maybe 20 of them uh, they eat a lot of eggs. I mean, I don't know. They got rabbits back there. Uh, he's, he's doing cool stuff. He's not like the average guy who doesn't read. Um, you know, and then just spends time watching television or doom scrolling on Facebook or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And and the other thing that I I just I think he's just wildly successful at life, frankly. Uh, his like he comes home from work and his kids just like bombard him. I mean, part of that's you know they're 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 homeschooled. I mean, it's like four. And oh, and this is crazy. Do you have three or four kids? I just don't remember. I just off the top of my head. This this shows, and I and I share that kind of thing. Like, because I don't know. I I do. I would love it if like just to encourage somebody to reach out to a friend and like that out of the blue and spend some meaningful time with them. Uh, it just can make your day and their day. But, but anyway, um, yeah, his kids just adore him. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. But anyway, Brandon, uh, so I want you to think and other people, Okay, so, like, surely you know of, like, lots of, like, how many interesting old men do you know? I mean, they're there, but how, I mean, but you think about how many are just sort of old and boring and rigid, just stuck. And life just kind of collapses down to just the pragmatic, got to cut the grass. Or maybe, maybe they just go down to Arizona and they just sit there and bake in the sun with their big fat belly and leathery skin just just sitting there (laughs) just 
just boring. Just life collapses in on itself. Um, they have just nothing, nothing bigger than themselves. Um, well, I don't think you and I are immune to that. Um, and the women, for that matter. I mean, there's plenty of boring women out there. Um, I mean, you have to, like, fight that. And reading is one of those, one of those um, critical things for doing that. They, it just carries you outside of yourself. And you're able to just connect with people totally unlike you. And develop, like, real empathy... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think I think what I'm trying to say is I think you should try to read some more fiction. Uh, I I know for me fiction. I don't read enough fiction. It's probably like I probably read twenty percent fiction, eighty percent nonfiction, and it, I think it should be at least fifty fifty, maybe sixty forty. Honestly, like I've got a big Truman book at home. <laughs> I'm a I'm a uh I love reading about the presidents autobiographies it's one of my favorites. Anyway, I'm just bogged down in this 1000 page book it's just called Truman. <laughs> and I loved like the beginning of it like you know, I I think he was born in the 1880s and it was just sort of like frontier Missouri frankly. I mean, at least his his grandfather was a frontiersman. And then it just kind of got boring for me. And and you just can't let that stop you from reading. You know, like when you're just bogged down in a big, crazy book like that. So fiction, don't just don't just read the things that you think you're supposed to read. Like it's medicine. You better take your cod liver oil, boy. It's yeah. So anyway, here's some qualities of readers that I just sort of quickly jotted down. And this is so. I'm sure you could do some better research than this. And and this is for the women out there, too, which I, probably 80% of my listeners are women. Hello, ladies. Um, so readers have a much greater ability to focus on a task for an extended period of time. All right? I mean, well, there you go. We spend time wisely. Okay, so 15 minutes is a lot of time. If, if you only have 15 minutes... Like, the average person is going to sit there and maybe just go to Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever, one of these platforms, and just doom scroll. But you could read a chapter in a book in that time. And it could... And who knows? That, that 15 minutes might actually change your life. It might just touch you in some way. <laughs> you readers develop empathy. We're more easily able to walk in another's shoes. Um, and this is, I found this especially when it comes to fiction. We develop perspective. Issues are really complex. Kind of like what I was talking about last week, but not just controversial issues. Uh, we realize that just about any issue is multifaceted. multifaceted. It's not, you know, this or that. It's not black or white, binary. It's, I mean, it's just... It's like a diamond, like a hundred facets or something. It helps you, it can help you get over difficult times by developing this perspective. You know, you realize, surely we all know people who are just lost in the difficulties of life. 
and they just can't seem to put their troubles into perspective. One of the things that got me through when I got laid off seven and a half years ago was the fact that I'm a reader. And I, and I could put it in perspective. It wasn't the end of the world. Um, reading is proven, all right? And I've experienced this in, in like, because I go through periods where I'm not reading much to develop a better memory and a better brain. Also, there's been studies that readers are less likely to develop dementia and Alzheimer's. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it makes sense. You're just exercising your brain. It's a muscle. Um, it's like when we're reading, it just becomes more elastic. It's more, it's just this increased elasticity versus a rigidness that can just creep into any of us, myself included. So, it, so remember, it's a muscle to be worked. There's, you know, those synapses are firing and there's just better connectivity in your brain. And what better way is there to relax and refresh yourself after a long, hard day by, than by escaping into a book? And, and for you, like with all your kids, you know, like obviously reading helps with parenting and there's numerous studies about reading out loud to children. But I also want to encourage quiet reading. One of my, and I, I started passing this on to my, my family just by, just because of the times that I've had, you know, like you've been to the pigeon cabin. Uh, and one of those things that, you know, I'd always kind of insist on when I brought people there was just hours of quietly reading and enjoying that, that white space, that just quiet time. And so one of the things I like to do with my, my family is read together quietly in the living room or, or while camping or, you know, something like that. And we don't do it nearly enough, but when we do, it's awesome. And it encourages reading in our kids. Like we used to go to the library and we would sit there in the library for like an hour or two and read. And then the kids would, would come home and bring their books, you know, the, all these books and just lay them out and, and, and then read, you know, the rest of the afternoon. I have a feeling your kids probably read. Um, but we don't want them to lose that. And, you know, your oldest kids are teenagers. I'm sure they read. Uh, but I've, I wonder if your son doesn't read as much as your daughters. I know, I know we were like that. My daughter's a voracious reader. She reads, like, all these classics. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, she's probably the biggest reader I've ever met. And my son wasn't so much. And then he got into all these, like, John Grisham, Tom Clancy novels, you know, those types of action sorts of novels. And now he's a huge reader. He goes down to Gabriel's Bookstore, which is a used bookstore run by the kind of the, the local Catholic church. And he'll go there on bag day and for $5, just fill the bag. He'll just take every last Grisham or Clancy or Lee Child's book. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of an obsession, to be honest. I hope he can get into some other genres. But, but whatever, it's getting him reading, and he's got, it's absurd, he's got this whole bookshelf just full of these. I don't, he won't be able to read these all before he's 18. I mean, he's 16 now. <laughs> but it, it's made him a newer reader. So what does it take for you? Uh, okay, uh, what else did I write down here? Um, 
Oh yeah, we men, I think we tend to, we tend to we tend to become overly utilitarian, very pragmatic, and I know when I was trapped in the cubicle, I was definitely like that, and I mean, and I read, but I I, I don't think I read enough. But we have to fight that. There's like a, I don't know, there's like a brain and body connection to achieve. Right? Um, I don't know if this relates, but yesterday, yesterday was a great day. And the day before, you know, I spent all the daylight hours, you know, well, first I did my harvest. And then I painted, you know, the whole rest of the edition that hadn't been completed yet. Oh, incidentally, I I got the last bucket of paint in Duluth. Like paint, there's this global paint shortage, and I. Oh my gosh, I I'm just so thankful. I I like I sent this email to Sherwin Williams on Sunday night, and I was like, thank you for helping me make this new grow room edition look so beautiful. Uh, you've been wonderful to work with. By the way, if you can get me another gallon tomorrow, I'd be so thankful. And anyway, that really paid off. They got me that extra gallon and I could get the job done. Anyway, all that to say, and there's all this satisfaction of, of stepping back and looking at your work. And I, and, and I just felt so good about that. But we can't just do that every day. We can't just, like, do manual labor, you know? I mean, eventually we get dumber, <laughs> like Homer Simpson or something. So it's just like we, we need both. We need both. And somehow it makes me think of this. Uh, do you remember this Monster.com commercial? I think they aired it during the Super Bowl some years back. When I grow up, I want to be stuck in middle management. You know, in all these jobs. And I know sometimes you think about your job because it's not, you, you know, you fix boilers. Or the, you know, the at, at the school. Big institution, we'll just say. <laughs> you're in charge of, of that. I think, I think you're wildly successful. Like I, like I said, um, but obviously it doesn't satisfy every part of your being, right? You're feeding your family and you were able to acquire a, a skill that people need. I mean, it's, I think it's great. Um, so you, you need to be able to use your skill, but also, in the rest of your time, continue to use your brain in which you, you know, and, and you're, a t you're a, you're not the typical man. Like I said, I mean, you're doing these cool things like beekeeping and stuff like that. But whatever, reading is important. <laughs> um, I probably could have just done the, the 90 second podcast. Okay. So uh, I was also reading that uh, readers are more financially stable. It's just, I don't know, that's interesting to me. Uh, 4% of people with strong literary skills are in poverty. I wonder if I'd be one of those people. <laughs> Versus 43% of those with poor literary skills. Isn't that, that's pretty striking. I mean, it makes sense. Um, reading helps with stress. Obviously, stress kills us. A lot of our ales in Western societies, you know, can be boiled down to stress. So it's a great way to calm down. 
And I wanted to share, um, back in college, okay, so when I was a senior in college, I was, you know, on the path to getting married the, that summer, and it was winter in the senior year during a break from school. Boy, the waves are, I'm going to just back up a little bit, just don't know how this is going to turn out. Anyway, um, I had always wanted to live in a shack. Ah, it's not a comfortable chair. I'll sit on this rack again. I'd always wanted to live in like some shack in northern Minnesota or Alaska, and it wasn't going to happen. So I asked Brandon if I could use his cabin. And it's just 50 miles north of Duluth in the area around Toymy, which is just an old Finnish settlement. It's surprisingly remote for being so close to town. And so anyway, I stayed there for a week. And it's, I mean, it's just a very rustic cabin. And there's like a hundred plus year old hand-hewn sauna, like original to the Finnish settlers. It's crazy. Squared logs, you know, cut with an axe. It's like, that's what got me in the saunaing. And uh, anyway, I read War and Peace, Tolstoy's War and Peace there. And I had been bogged down in it for a long time, but I finally got into it. And I finished it at that cabin. And that was like the main thing I did there that week. And it was this all this action interspersed with tragedy and loss, family and this love stories. And I just thrilled in, in one of the love stories in particular. And it, it made me into a better lover of my wife. And it's not something that comes naturally to me at all. That's for sure. Um, I became more gutsy and romantic, at least after reading that for a little while, and and, and loving, like I said. And I, I had felt like I had no real-life examples. My, my parents were divorced when I was young. So it was really helpful to me. Anyway, uh, it's hilarious. So while I was reading this book, Napoleon's troops were advancing, and I was put into the place of these all these women packing up their belongings to flee their homes. And while I'm reading this, the sound of bullets passing through the woods, just whirling, just whistling through the air. It's, it's, they're, it's surprisingly quiet. And then there's just, you hear this whistling sound. And then the report of the rifle after. Anyway, this was happening while I was reading these crazy battle scenes and stuff. It's like 10 to 12 b- bullets over a 10-minute time twice a day and eventually <laughs> I realized it was the they he had an alcohol kind of an alcoholic neighbor like a half mile away and that's he's a captain of a one of the Great Lakes fleet ships and that's how he would use his time when he was home is just sitting home drinking definitely wasn't a reader Brandon you remember this guy Anyway, it was very vivid. <laughs> Just these bullets whirling through the air as I read. I, I, I even prayed that they wouldn't hit me. <laughs> and I, I'd read on the floor, just laid down on the floor. So, but anyway, that was a book that changed my life. And, and, and furthermore, uh, maybe this will be another story I'll share at some point, but I was... Uh, when I was struggling with keeping my business or not, I way up in uh, 
I was at the Pigeon Cabin a couple years ago, and I was. I ended up deciding to quit. And I was going to get a job, and. But reading Life Anger's piece like a river. Really helped me put things in perspective. I'd recommend that book to you. Anyway. Hope you all have a great day. It looks like it's going to be a good one. Get outside. Ciao.